to the dynasty hot sauce podcast motherfuckers this is larry monkey i'm here with justin rogers what up dude what's going on man look i got my run in it's finally cool outside i think it's like 42 degrees oh. man it's almost pants weather almost pants weather nah, it but it does crazy. feel like football weather it was finally. football weather like yesterday but today we had like 40 50 mile an hour winds and it was just cold it was like a ridiculous shitty day to, to stay inside but Monday Night Football is happening right now. We're, I mean, we're a relatively new podcast. I think we're like about 35 episodes in. Tonight, we have our first guru on the show. Yeah? <laughs> what do you think? I think this is our first official guru. That's for sure. At Guru Fantasy World, that's W-R-L-D, David Gatteri. Did I say it right? You no, were, you, you were still close bu- enough. You were ah. close enough. <laughs> Larry, we went over this pre-show. You still butchered it. Ah, I have it written down three times on my notepad in front of me. Gatiri. I got uh, so David Gatiri. Thanks for joining us, man. He was getting the stage fright a little bit. He's getting yeah, right. nervous Pain around uh, his first guru, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not every day, man. How's it going? It's it's going great. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Uh, I don't know if I'd quite say I'm a, a guru yet. I'm definitely trying to help people become their own version of it. That's for sure. I like it. I like you do your own pod. You were telling us before. You, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? You, you And you recorded it in the morning. It's just kind of like a recap sort of thing. What's that all about? Yeah. So every week, me and Sean Ryan, which I believe his um, underscore, it's at TFS underscore Sean, I believe is his Twitter handle. Um, we just do a weekly recap of all the games, look forward to the next week of games, just kind of throw out whatever cool statistics that we found in each game, kind of look at trends and stuff like that, you know. We do it every Monday, and they usually go up Monday night or midday Monday. When it comes to fantasy football, are you what, what's what's your wheelhouse? Sometimes we talk to DFS guys. Sometimes we talk to redraft guys. We talk to Dynasty. We're, I mean, we're, always, we're always about talking Dynasty, but where do you plant your flag? Well, I'm a redraft guy at heart. This is actually my first year doing Dynasty. So huh. I've, I've tried to not put out too many Dynasty takes, but I haven't been able to stop myself too well, to be honest. <laughs> but for the most part, I'm a redraft guy. Um, full PPR is like my preferred format, but uh, I think if my niche, if I would say I have a niche, it would be more like the strategies. My website, Guru Fantasy World, what I'm trying to do with it is just build an, an encyclopedia, a free encyclopedia. So basically just every fantasy football strategy that I can think of, I try to catalog it in that. When you say that, you mean like draft strategies, like roster compositions, stuff like that? I'll pull up my site right now, like a couple of them, one that comes to the top of my head I was talking about a couple weeks ago. And I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't been able to uh, put as much effort into the website this year as I can. I've been busy doing two waiver wire articles each week. But like for an example, I talk about why you should avoid one for one trades of the same position in redraft or like why you should exploit if you know essentially because your opponent values your asset more more than their own they're offering you a nine for a ten you know so just stuff like that where it's like little intricacies of the game essentially that uh not everybody's aware of i try to try to hit on all those deeper things okay, yeah. yeah i jumped on i jumped on your your website uh, earlier, it was pretty cool, and it's exactly that. It is like an encyclopedia. You touch on kind of all the different, like you said, intricacies, all the aspects of the fantasy football game, and a lot of it. I mean, there's a lot more trading that goes on in the dynasty world than and in the redraft world. So, I mean, you don't have to be any type of 
specific fantasy genre to you know utilize this tool yeah it looks great and it's a it's a cool brand the guru fantasy world and uh you, you got a lot of a lot of cool things happening but let's get into like some some nitty-gritty stuff i mean you watched the games yesterday you, you did your your pod this morning what what are like some of your your big takeaways from this past weekend of football well if we're talking like the waiver wire it was it was Corey Davis who, who stands out to me. I couldn't stop talking about him today. I posted a poll today, and I got some flack for it, like I tend to get sometimes on some of my more out there polls. <laughs> but I was surprised. I wanted to gauge the market on Corey Davis versus OBJ from a dynasty format. And just straight up, Corey Davis was getting like 45% of the votes. And that was a little bit shocking to me. But then I threw in a second questionnaire that was, Corey Davis in a 2021-2 or OBJ in a 2021-3. And Davis was getting like 60, 60% of the vote. So it, it, it's gone to show how panicked people are on Odell Beckham. It's gone to show how serious people are starting to take Corey Davis. So I think that was that was probably the headline of the weekend for me. Look, there is some serious recency bias with that. But it's also – I mean, I think we just have to give wide receivers five years. I mean, I just that's just what it is. They need five years. Devontae Parker last year, and now you got Corey Davis. It takes a long time for these guys. I'm, I'm convinced now. All the experts were wrong. Second and third year breakouts are bullshit. Fifth year breakouts. That's when you. That's when you make your money. So I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disagree, especially <laughs> in 2020. Look at what this rookie class is doing. <laughs> These guys are coming into the NFL more ready than it seems like they ever have. Yeah, you know, a little tongue in cheek with that, but yeah. yeah, I mean, what? I think that's another big point that we can take out of the first, you know, half of the season right now, or close to half, is that rookie running backs have been, as a whole, mostly disappointing as far as consistency goes, and these wide receivers right. are really—they're making a strong impression on us, as far, especially in dynasty value when you start to look at where you would take them. I heard a mock today. I think it was the junkies. They were doing a mock and the first five picks, I think it was all five picks were non running backs. It was, it was quarterbacks and, uh, and wide receivers. Getting back to Corey Davis. First of all, he was on the Titans with Marcus Mariota. He was the only wide receiver there when they, they didn't really even have Derrick Henry going nuts when, nope. when he started. He was like the focal point rookie. I mean, there's going to, I just see that transition. Then he gets AJ Brown, so he has some help. He's got a one. Now he can kind of relax in his position. Now he's playing for a contract. He's you know he's been battling injuries too, off and on, past few years as well. Now he's he's in the prime position that he's in this Tannehill. I mean, we compare Tannehill to Mahomes. He's got he's in that type of that offense where he's got this efficient quarterback that can deliver the ball. You know, he's healthy. It's funny we didn't have AJ Brown for the first you know whatever six weeks of the season, and then. He, he filled right in and has been catching balls. Yeah, Corey Davis has been great. I kind of got rid of him in most of my leagues, but I have him in a in, in a couple of places still. I don't know what to do with him. He's always been this great physical specimen. I mean, and again, Pat, he was like the one 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 two in in that yep. class that he came out in. So and he, he was like a top ten overall pick, I think, in the NFL yeah. draft. Fifth, fifth, I think. Yeah, so the fantasy guy, me says like, you got to sell this guy now, right away. You know, since he's you know since he's been terrible the first four years of his career. But there's also a part like you know, I don't know, maybe it's because Tannehill's with him, and Tannehill's kind of just you know had this this new lease on life. So I mean, I don't know, man. What what are you doing with a Corey Davis? Well, I actually don't have him on a single redraft or dynasty roster, so I'm just kind of cheering from the sidelines here. Right. <laughs> but 
I, I don't think I'm selling him. I, I think if I'm in the OBJ position, I'd rather be the one selling OBJ and getting Corey Davis in a pick. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm probably, you know, holding if, if people are coming after my Corey Davis, unless I can get a good value. Obviously, I don't know exactly what that is, but I just don't think the perception has caught up to the production yet. So I like Corey Davis going forward, and I would probably say he's a hold. Again, this is my first year playing Dynasty, but – I would I would hold him absolutely. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I you know he still doesn't carry any name cachet where you can trade him and get real value for him. Um, but his production has been there. Uh, I know Larry in our DDCL league that we're in, uh, I've got him and he's been he's been great for me. Uh, granted, this week was a train wreck because right. uh, I was starting Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo. Thanks a lot, but uh, yeah, oh, and, uh, it was a rough week for me there, but. As a whole, it's been, I mean, he's been a revelation, you know, being able to throw him in the, I was, I lamented when the Titans were off and couldn't play or whatever, because I couldn't throw him in the lineup. I mean, it was that kind of player. Would you trade him for a second? No. You need a second plus? I think so, which nobody's paying, which is why you're holding. Hmm. You know, at this point, really, if you look at second rounders, the hit rate's so low, and I've got a player who's producing you know, wide receiver two level, you know, high end wide receiver three at the worst. I'm fine with that as, you know, especially if in a league where I'm starting 10 or 11, I'm perfectly fine with, with Corey Davis. Corey Davis is, is a hold. It's hard to justify selling someone and selling him for cheap when you've got production coming from him. So David, how, what type of dynasty league are you in? It's 24. I'm in two dynasty leagues. Both are 24 roster spots deep. One of them has a five man, uh, five-man taxi squad as well right 12 team 12 team yep and one of them is tight end premium 0.75 this is also my first year doing tight end premium so i'm i'm uncorking a whole bunch of things this was my first year on twitter and once i got like into fantasy twitter universe it just like uncorked that can of worms and next thing i know i'm in dynasty nice. I'm like i didn't even know what tight end premium existed before this year you know <laughs> I, was, I was just a redraft junkie you know who just started writing a couple years ago i was writing on yes. facebook for like two years so you're you're like a kicker defense guy uh a little bit uh, i don't put too much effort they're my last picks in the draft unless i'm taking my baltimore ravens defense but that, that's about it. Usually the last two picks for me. So Justin mentioned the DDCL. This is the Dynasty Diagnostics Champions League, which is basically, the, I don't know if you've heard of the, the Dynasty Diagnostic pod with Stompy and Aton. So they started this league. It's actually four copies. So it's four leagues. That's, that's one league. You could be playing another team that has the same players as you. Okay. So, uh, it's, real, yeah. it's cool. So I, the reason I bring that up is because last week's show – there's also an, you have an opportunity to steal players off a taxi squad, and if you steal a player, you have to you have to put in the message board steal. You so if you if you pick a player off of the guy's taxi squad that was drafted in the fourth round, you have to pay a third to steal him. So yeah. pretty simple actually. Just Larry's got a roundabout way to explain some shit. <laughs> yeah, I see. I'm talking to Justin. I know he's from Mississippi, so I got to talk a little slower for him. But I forgot <laughs> to be a little bit more advanced. But I appreciate you bringing it down so I can understand. That's for sure. Well, oh. Justin got me all, all uh, confused tonight because he shaved his beard. He looks like like I'm talking to a stranger right here. I think I, I feel like I have two guests tonight. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I told yeah. you that happened. I think like two weeks ago, I said after the show, I think I'm gonna cut it, and I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> so damn. Anyway, so I put it. I put in a steal for Tyler Johnson, who was drafted in the fourth round. So I would have had to cough up a third round. I just made a trade. I traded Jared McKinnon for two third rounds, so I had some draft capital to play with. So I was like, hey man, who cares? Let's get. Let me see. You know, I wouldn't mind having Tyler Johnson on my team. Boom. So I got that. I did the same thing for Donovan Peoples-Jones. Once you put in for a steal, the guy that has him has, a, has an opportunity just to move him up to his active roster. That way it protects him. So I did that to DPJ, and the guy like rescued him and put him on his active roster. I do have another steal in for DJ Dallas. This guy, he doesn't pay attention to to the to league. He was the sl- guy. He was the slow guy that took forever to make his pick in the draft. He never responds to trades. He never checks in, like maybe once a week to check his team. DJ Dallas was on this guy's taxi squad. I look on the rookie draft. He drafted him in the fourth round, so it only cost me a three. Uh, So I put it in. I put in for the steal for DJ Dallas. It's already been five days. Uh, I I would get him on Friday or Saturday. So, and I know this guy's not paying attention. So it's just a matter of like holding up. And I think that's a good, uh, a good deal for me. What do you think about, what do you think about DJ Dallas? Absolutely. I would pay a third. I took him in the third in, in my dynasty, my first dynasty draft. I, I had a great first dynasty draft. I should probably retire. I took CD lamb, Justin, <laughs> I took lamb at one Oh seven, Justin Jefferson at one eleven, T Higgins, two Oh one Antonio Gibson, two Oh six. I took, Van Jefferson, I think 304, Jalen Hurts, and then DJ Dallas in the third round as well. So nice. I, I like DJ Dallas, but I took him with a third. I've seen something out of him now. I've seen him play. I've seen that they're willing to put him in. I've seen that he could score two touchdowns. Absolutely, I would pay a third for DJ Dallas. So that trade would basically come out to be Jarek McKinnon for DJ Dallas and Tyler Johnson, which I think is a, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hoping this no. guy doesn't pay attention. If someone comes at you with a second for DJ Dallas, are you selling right now? A second? You know, it's tough with these guys because I like buying offenses more than I like buying players when it's talking about – it depends what the second, obviously, because it's easier putting a name like when you have some sort of idea, early second, mid-second, late second. I probably hold DJ Dallas for the second because I'd – I want a piece of that Seattle offense. And Chris Carson is, to me, a ticking time bomb. He he hasn't played a full season in the NFL, in college, at any point. I don't, I don't think since his senior year of high school this guy's played a, a full season. So I'm, I'm not interested in Chris Carson long-term. I don't believe in Chris Carson long-term. Carlos Hyde is a stopgap. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably holding DJ Dallas for, for, if I get a second thrown at me. What are you doing, Justin, with DJ Dallas? Mm, I'd sell him. If, if someone came at me with a second, I'd sell him because it's a profit and because I don't think that he's going to have a consistent week-to-week role where Carson and Hyde if – Car- if Carson or Hyde are healthy, they both take precedence over DJ Dallas. And I love DJ Dallas pre- pre-draft. I mean, I think I had him as a very early third round, mm-hmm. uh, short, right, maybe right after Darrington Evans or something like that. It was something where I had those guys together. In fact, I can tell you, I had him at 31, so uh, mid to early second, or third, I mean, yeah. I had him pretty high. I mean, I liked him a lot. I had him ahead of Joshua Kelly and P. Ryan and all those guys. Yeah, I mean, we always talk about context when it comes to whether or not you would give up, buy or sell, or this and that. So, I mean, if I was... Don't forget about Rashad Penny. 
Rashad Penny's going to be back. Penny, that's right. Yeah, I mean, you got you know, Penny. But we've been hearing about Rashad Penny for how many seasons now? Yes. Well, yeah, but I think it's fair to say, I mean, granted, he's been good when he's on the field. I think it's fair to say that he'll be above DJ Dallas in the pecking order when it when it if, comes. If, it's an if, not a when, because with Rashad Penny, it's always that if, you know. And maybe that's just me being overly concerned about guys who have injuries, but I, I've written Rashad Penny off. I'm done with Rashad Penny personally. Yeah, I'm selling DJ Dallas for a second, without a doubt. Basically, because of what we what I just talked about, there's so many heads in that backfield. Number one, number two, he's a fourth round pick. I feel like in next year's rookie draft is another deep draft. You're going to get somebody that is going to have a better draft capital than DJ Dallas in that second round. I just think that's the better play. I like to keep upgrading as well when it comes to trades and, and draft picks. And if I, you know, you get lightning in a bottle with one guy, I, I can't wait to get rid of him for just a, a better chance at hitting on a draft pick than the, you know, than the lightning in a bottle guy, which DJ Dallas, he could be just that, but who knows? I mean, he's a fourth round running back. Those guys, those guys hit every now and again. My thought is I like to get I like to collect those seconds and thirds so I can move my picks earlier. You know, I always want to try and move up in the drafts for the most part in rookie drafts. Move back in startups, move up in rookie is kind of where I go with that. And if so if I could turn the 109 into the 106 or 107 with a second rounder, well, I'm game to do that anytime. Yes. You guys are selling me a little bit on selling DJ <laughs> Especially cuz I'm starting to think about like the tight ends I like in this class and the guys who I think would oh, be available. You talk about uh, Freermith Free guy and Brevin Jordan. I don't know a whole lot. I don't follow college football very heavily, but I, right. I like what I see out of both of those guys, and I love picking yeah. me a guy who I think can make a difference at tight end. So, yeah, well, there's um, this is definitely one of the stronger tight end classes from what I understand. I'm not a scout, but I do listen to guys that know a lot more than I do, and you know, like Ray GQ is all over this tight end class right now, and he is just. I mean, he's foaming at the mouth trying to get a piece of that action. So, wow. And he is a big Friermuth fan. This is why you need a tight end premium in all of your fantasy leagues. Well, otherwise they become useless. I'm playing a guy right now who lost George Kittle, and uh, I think I'm down by 9 or 10 or something like that. His team won't suffer because it's just another tight end. He had Kelsey and Kittle, so, I mean, he has <laughs> he's loaded at, at tight end. But in that situation, they don't mean that much. There's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just coming from the world of never knowing tight end premium. Like, is this my first year? I didn't even know it existed until no, this year. No. I don't think it's absolutely necessary to have a tight end premium. You know, you, you can still find that Mark Andrews, the Darren Wallers, they still matter if you find those late round guys, even in a non premium yeah. format. And Kelsey and Kittle still matter, you know, and I don't think it's totally necessary. Well, for me, what I, what I think it really comes down to is. In a dynasty league where you're starting deeper rosters, when you have 10 or 11 starters, you're never starting a second tight end because you're never trying to acquire that second stud tight end. But at the same time, you might be starting five or six wide receivers or five or six running backs. You know, you like I have a single a single tight end non-premium league. I don't even care. I'm just like, okay, well, there's Johnny Smith. Go ahead. You know, like yeah. it doesn't matter. He's he's just it could be the eleventh guy on your Ross on your starting lineup, and it doesn't it doesn't impact much. Well, let, let me yeah, let me revert back to this uh, the dynasty diagnostic league that we're in. That is a one point seven five tight end premium, and that's a great premium. 
because the tight it makes the tight end such an important position now. It just it just elevates elevates their status yeah. in the position hierarchy. You know, it just got it just it just brings them a little it brings them to the table as opposed to them being in kind of like the kicker defense category. You now have the tight end that is catching you know almost two points a catch, one point seven five. He gets that yardage too. Um, there's other bonuses that people play with these days with first downs and stuff like that. There was a point last season where Hunter Henry was was right up there with Keenan Allen, you know, and I talked about this during the draft. I didn't pay I didn't pay too much attention to tight end. I ended up with like Dallas Goddard, nobody else. And I realized, oh, my God, look at these tight ends are scoring. Now I start three. I you know, I wheeled and dealed. And now I have Goddard, uh, Hurst and Henry. And I just I, and I have I start three tight ends every week and every week they get me 20, 25 points. And that's such like ah, oh, it's 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 just great to see. I mean, this is fantasy. We want to say more. I'm I'm like bring on the points, you know, and yeah. be able to start three tight ends. And you're a tight end guy, so you would you would you're made for the tight end premium. Maybe that's why, because I'm a top tight end guy, and I like yeah. I like having that advantage. But I guess tight end premium makes those guys even more valuable. So maybe I yeah, do get another chance. I'm curious though, as you guys have played dynasty a lot lot longer than me, do you think as the tight end pool starts to deepen and we start to get more depth and more production that tight end premium would eventually go the way of the dinosaur or do you think it's here to stay forever i really think it's here to stay and i don't know that we continue that we are really getting a deeper tight end pool we thought all these tight ends were going to be you know breaking out i think we discussed this on another if it was you and me or if if i was on the trade axe last week i can't remember but it was really like you know, we expected Ian Thomas to break out and uh, all these second and third tier tight ends. Oh, you want to hear if I'm sorry to cut you off, dude. Burning. Ian Thomas, I talked smack about him this year. He retweeted me, challenging me to a race. Uh, <laughs> I said he's slow, he can't jump, he's fifth in the pecking order. And uh, about an hour later, I get a retweet. Want a race? I'm like, who the hell is this? Is he had like four thousand followers? I'm like, this is even the real Ian Thomas. And then he's like, start getting all these comments. I'm like, oh shit, they're coming at me. It is the real Ian Thomas. All <laughs> I have to do is talk trash to an NFL player, and I get to I get to race him. Shit, he didn't, he didn't want to fly me down. He, uh, he, he knew he would have got the Jets. I mean, yeah. I got Run in my damn name here. Come on. Yeah, you, got, we yeah, you could have you just pretended you could have sent Run DFF over there, man. I might be able to dust him in a 40. I might be able to dust him. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the FC Eliminators. I don't know. Uh, do, you, do you take do you do the Scott Fishbowl at all? You, have, you, have you heard of that? I have heard of it. This was my first year joining Twitter, so I was a little bit late for, for uh, that party. I didn't get to apply for that. But next year, hopefully apply. Or win, win one of these contests, right, that they have all over the place. And yes. if you win, it's pretty so, cool. So the Scott Fishbowl is is a, is a, is the greatest fantasy tournament in the land. And so it's a big raising money type of whole extravaganza for Fantasy Cares and other charities uh, this year specifically. John Bosch, leading up to the Fishbowl, he, he does the Eliminators, which is a best ball. 17 teams, lowest score each week gets eliminated. We host the, there's different hosts or uh, celebrities they call them, which the name you sign up for. Anyway, the Hot Sauce Pod has an Eliminator. We like to flush our loser down the toilet every week. So I'm assuming this uh, the guy that is in last place this week, Justin, is not you. Yeah. He's got nobody playing. 
You are still alive. He's got yeah, no I'm still alive. I'm cranking. I'm, look, I'm holding down for the Ford. All right, I'm holding it down. Yes, you're the only one, man. I was booted. In like week, I was booted in like week two or three of this in the in the eliminator. But Justin is still alive, representing. It's another name, man. This guy's got like I don't you know. You know what? Let me pronounce this one because I think it's fitting. <laughs> I'll give his I'll give his fan his uh, Twitter handle ff Brett Labu. But really, Brett. Your last name looks like Laboob, and you're the boob this week. You're out of here. Flush him down the toilet, Larry. There you go, you loser. See you later, Brett. <laughs> down the Brett toilet. the boob. That's what he is. Not Brett Laboob. So there you go. Brett Laboob. So yeah, run DFF, man. You you're back to your old ways. You got <laughs> you're back to the hundred point run DFF. So David, uh, I just want to preface uh, that Justin and I are in a, a sixteen team superflex PPR tight end premium league. Uh, that it's that crazy. Comes- Comes from the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with that pod. Justin is in the middle of a tank. He is tanking. Are you familiar with tanking? Absolutely. So last year he averaged like 100 points a week or less. This year, this year he was just kept winning. He won like he went like three and zero out of the gate, and he was like starting guys like Willie Sneed and Jalen Richard and Mostert and Jared fucking McKinnon. Yeah, all these guys who have their career day and on this guy's team. So he started out three and zero. You can't tank when you're three and zero. He sold off some pieces. His team is now watered down version of that earlier in the season team. And you're just you're in you're in full tank right now. You're just getting look here, man. I have now put. I've given one team his first win. This week I gave another team his second win. I'm just out here giving W's away, handing them out left and right. I'm taking my L's like a champ. Yeah, I have got the full tank going, and I am I'm just trucking along. So now I'm curious because, like, how committed are you guys to a tank? Because, like, I was telling you about my first dynasty league. I I didn't like my startup draft at all. I traded up, and I just felt like I didn't have depth at all. So I ended up selling off all my pieces after the draft. And I went into the year thinking I was in a total rebuild. But like I told you, I, I fucking nailed that rook, rookie draft. Somehow, luckily, I, I got CD, Jefferson, Higgins, Gibson. They These guys were all fucking going off. And I'm I'm four and three. So I kind of flipped the switch. And now I'm like, I'm starting to try to compete. I, I went out and traded for Michael Thomas. So I'm like, was that the wrong move? Like giving no, up? See, you've got to. As long as you're not giving away those young pieces, if you've got solid young pieces, see what I had was I collected a bunch of pieces throughout the offseason that I thought might gain value. So I got Raheem Mostert. I acquired Rojo. Ended up selling him for what looks like is going to be a early to mid first. I mean, like I was acquiring pieces that I thought I might be able to move later. And that's how I operate. But when I go full tank, I am full tank. But it's not because I I, I got I went three and zero, but it wasn't a sustainable three and zero. You have what sounds like a team that's sustainable. You know, you have all those young wide receivers. You can afford to make a move and go get someone like Michael Thomas. Sure, why not? Now, are you playing Superflex or one QB this year? Oh, it's it's Superflex. Okay, and you got some solid quarterbacks. I mean, uh, yeah, I went out. I traded for Ryan Tannehill as well. It cost yeah. me Joe Smith and something else, but I already had Mark Andrews as my starter. So sure, yeah, yeah. I let him go. Yeah, what no. Mike, I think, what did Michael Tom um, Michael Thomas cost you? Yeah, let's hear that one. 
I can pull it up. He caught it. The funny part is that's funny. All right. (laughs) (laughs) The funny part is I hit the wrong button. (laughs) (laughs) Let me pull that up. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Am I back? Hey, there you oh, are. sorry about that. I accidentally clicked on the sleeper right in the same tab. I was gonna say I can I can pull it up real quick and tell you, but I guess I didn't have to leave the stream to do Don't that. Don't hit huh? the X button, David. All right, so I'm back. I'm back. It it cost me. So I sold Michael Thomas away at the beginning of the season. I tra- drafted him, and then I traded up for DeAndre Hopkins. But I traded like my third, and my fifth round pick for another first, and. It, my depth was shit. So I sold off both Thomas and Hopkins. At the beginning of the season, I sold Michael Thomas for Kenny Galladay, two, a first and a third each of the next two years. And so then I sold two thirds. Nice. With Kenny Galladay back. That's the, and then that's I, a great haul. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then I sold DeAndre Hopkins for Tyler Lockett, two firsts and two thirds. So I ended up wow. having like all these firsts and these wide receivers. I ended up trading away Kenny Galladay later, but I just traded back for Michael Thomas. And let's see right here. I traded away. Look at you, man. To bring him back in. If I, I like this young dynasty player over here, know. wheeling and dealing, man. I like Trades it. are kind of my thing in redraft. So I, I feel like yeah. I'm kind of fitting in. That's kind of why I got into dynasty quickly. is because I love trading. And I always, I mean, I constantly was sending out trades. I might be the only guy in my redraft leagues. Oh, my, my leagues, God. Yeah, dude. That makes trades. Redrafts are so tough. You, you got to find one guy. It's funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll pull it up. You always forget, like, how many moves get made in your sleeper league. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll pull up this move that I made a week ago. Holy shit. There's 15 million <laughs> transactions. I'm like, oh, yeah. All right, it's lost in the lost in the abyss, guys. There's and no, that's but I traded people. like a first, and I don't even remember. So it obviously wasn't that much. <laughs> well, Michael Thomas, what would you, now? Are you excited to get him back? Where, what do you see him? You think that there was there were some talks about Michael Thomas getting traded, and then Sean Payton came out and squashed those on Twitter. Uh, the trade deadlines tomorrow at four p.m. And rap sheet was throwing around some names. I think you had Njoku and Joku and Fuller and who do you want traded? Not oh, Michael Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like worst case scenario if Michael Thomas goes anywhere where he's not catching this. Michael Thomas for the Jets. <laughs> oh my gosh! Could you imagine if Green Bay made the power move and brought in Michael Thomas to pair with Devontae Adams? Oh baby. Whew. I don't know why. It would, wouldn't be good for fantasy, but no, it would be terrible for fantasy. It would be great for life. Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers yeah. could support two wide receiver ones. Why That's not? the move. If they're gonna do do a wide receiver trade, make the make the move. Like that would be the move to make, I feel like. It's been half the season and no one has stepped up in that in the wide receiver two role. We we thought Robert Tunyon? Yeah. <laughs> no. Man, he, look, he had that like couple weeks stretch and now he's back to you know who? You know how that's how desperate the Packers are. Like they're throwing to the tight end. I want Sam Darnold to be traded. This poor guy drafted by the Jets right over my Oh, the other way. Left yep. shoulder, right shoulder, right <laughs> over my right shoulder. Yeah, man. He's um he's uh they they just did him so dirty. He's hurt. He's trying because he's trying to. He know. I mean, he's he knows. He knows the writing's on the wall. He knows he's playing for his life. So he's trying to make a play. He gets crunched. 
aggravates his shoulder injury that yeah. you know, he shouldn't have got anyway. You know, I'd like to see him go to go to a team and prosper, man. Send him to the the Steelers or the Colts. Paul the Colts would be a good fit. I think Ben plays a couple more seasons. I, I think so. I don't think that's a good. This the Colts are dead in the water with Philip Rivers. I mean, even though he's had a couple of good games, I think that's a prime spot for a twenty twenty one quarterback you know what i mean i'm thinking possibly the san francisco 49ers also that's an interesting one does that almost feel lateral with jimmy garoppolo and not you know i know it's i know that sounds offensive to you larry and i'm sorry Ah. but you know you got those rose-colored glasses on he just went to adam gase he went to a team that had no weapons no offensive line the the most barren roster that you could possibly nobody would yeah quarterback Back there and they would just get destroyed i feel like if, if he gets to go you know even like a kyle shanahan takes him and cj beat hard into a quarterback you know yeah that's fair i mean look he's rocking nick mullins you know a southern miss guy my college roommate is a uh, season ticket holder at southern miss so i've been to many games went to several with nick mullins out there so uh he's been kind of a, a hometown hero for us around here and what's your opinion on Nick Mullins? You take him seriously at all at making a run at Jimmy's job? Yes, because Jimmy sucks. And what about you, Larry? Mullins is the QB to own in San Francisco for the rest of this year, unless they make a move at the trade deadline, which they could. They did They did when they took Jimmy, Jimmy G, the last time. Yeah, but who's available right now? I mean, do we really think Darnold is available? First of all, he's hurt. Patrick? I don't think that. I don't think the Dolphins want to move Fitzpatrick. His contract isn't terrible. And I think they want the mentor for for Tua. Right. You know, it's not like there's a controversy there. Everyone knew, even Fitzpatrick knew that, that he was the bridge quarterback. Now, granted, he was playing well and thought he was gonna he was gonna keep that job for a little while. But I don't think they want to actually move him. Nobody told Fitzpatrick that he was playing shitty teams. That he was playing well. <laughs> he was playing good. Right. Yeah. So, David, you're a Nick Mullins guy. Uh, I'm intrigued by Nick Mullins. I mean, Fair. I'm intrigued, yeah. especially I haven't seen a ton of film. So I can't, I'm just stat sheet uh, scouting here, but he is up there. Like if you look at the 2020 passing and I posted something, this was before the updates happened for this week and I didn't even realize it. So he was like fifth in completion percentage and third in yards per attempt. And this was before the Seattle game, which was all this garbage time, which people were kind of holding against him. But right now he's third in yards per attempt behind just Deshaun Watson and this is not a great selling point. Kirk Cousins, but before last week, he was behind <laughs> Watson and Russell Wilson. So it was a little bit little bit more enticing at that from that point of view. But in terms of completion percentage, he's fifth behind Breeze, Bridgewater, Russ Wilson, and Carr. So they're letting him sling it. I get that it was a little bit in garbage time, but he's moving the ball when they're allowing him to. So I think he could make a run to shove. Jimmy's done nothing to hold it down. He's done nothing to claim the job and say, hey, someone can't come in and take it. So I like Nick Mullins, and what I like is the schedule for the rest of the season. They got Dallas and Arizona weeks 15 and 16. That's that's enticing. This is the time of year where you start looking at those playoff matchups. I know Keenan Allen has a sweet matchup again during the fantasy playoffs too. This is For me, this is like a buy window for – for Lamar Jackson, like all the his, Ravens, his, yeah, all the Ravens, exactly. But that, that playoff, that playoff schedule, schedule whoo, it's fine, Ooh, girl, it's sexy. And speak, oh, speaking of to cut in, Larry, you said, Who do I want traded? I want Mark Ingram traded, and I know, Ooh. I know it's never gonna happen. All right, I know it's never gonna happen, but can we like meet in the middle, compromise, and like 
make him like a player coach kind of thing where he just comes in in the fourth quarter of blowouts when Dobbins and Edwards are like done rushing for a hundred yards and a touchdown because like we don't we don't need to see Mark Ingram's ever ever again in a Ravens uniform. No, especially it is a Ravens fan speaking here. I, I I'm sorry, Mark. He's done enough. You can take care of the press conferences for us, but like we don't need you on the football field anymore. Can I get Irv Smith traded? Oh. Can I get him on a team where where they're going to use him? Oh. I need Irv Smith to get some love out there. Uh, I, can I get Big Irv some love? Where, where's a good oh. tight end landing spot? San Francisco right now? <laughs> I guess in theory with, with Kittle out for eight weeks, that would be good. I mean, Bro, they have like 24 guys. They have like 24 guys out on IR right now. Oh, it's so, ugly. It's ugly. Would they be willing to roll the dice on? Nick Mullins to Irv Smith. How do we feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> right. Not the picture I was envisioning coming into 2020. Right, exactly. They like Galladay getting traded. I don't think he's happy over in uh, Detroit. And now they've said he's not even playing this week. So Galladay is out this week and potentially longer. That would be sweet, man. I don't know, man. Trade deadline, who knows? It's always It always gets a lot of like hype and, oh, yeah, man, the trade That's deadline. Exactly That's right. Like, yeah. It's not the NBA. It's not the NBA. We don't see like blockbuster trades here, which yeah. is unfortunate. But I think – you know, if there's any year that it could happen, it might be this year. Just over under 1.5 trades. I'll take the over on the one. Uh, I'll go trade. over on that too. I mean, as far as like skill position trades, it, it might be under. Uh, yeah, but... we're talking like fantasy relevant, at least somewhat relevant fantasy. Yeah. I'm not talking like lineman defenders. I might take the under on that. I mean, there yeah. hasn't it's been done yet. You know, you think it'd get done. Why would they wait until the last possible second to swing a deal? I mean, maybe – I mean, they've been talking about Njoku getting traded at the trade deadline for the last two years. So That's another guy who really needs a new a change of scenery. I don't have any shares of Njoku, so that would be disappointing because I want guys that I own that are in bad situations to move, not guys I have nothing to do with. But still, for his sake, it would be nice just to see him somewhere else. And he's buried right now. What's, um, what's Mike Evans' line right now in the Giant game? Giants Bucks. I can give you that real quick. He was actually uh, pretty involved early. Let's see here. He has three for 27. So, no. so Rojo has four for 23. Yeah. So you, we were talking right before we came on the air. Uh, Larry benched Evans for Rojo. And right now you're you're looking pretty pretty decent right there. Yeah. So. Even with the Rojo fumble. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got seven for twenty-three on the ground, so that offsets that and four for twenty-three through the. Rojo's still playing though, even after the fumble, right? He- well, it took him like six damn possessions for him six to get back on the field. Yeah. I I was telling Larry, I need thirteen points from uh, Rojo, and that fumble didn't help. So, but I'm only four point four point three behind. So, come on, let's do this. I've been trying to shop him around. I've been trying to get. I've been mm. trying to combine him with with somebody to get a mm. a twenty twenty-one first. Man. Uh, Selling? Are you saying that you're doing Evans plus for a first? Yeah. Holy cow! He's dropped so far. Who wants Evans? I can't yeah, even. Add, I can't add Harris, who just ran for 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I have Harris. I have Lindsey. I have Brandon Cooks. I could throw in um, Cust Edwards. I mean, I really don't have much that I could add to it at this point. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a tank of my own. I mean, this is the Dynasty Warzone League. I have five firsts already. For yep. next year. One, one, two, three, four, five. Mike Evans is like my final big time piece that I'm that I'd like to move. Um, I have my core guys. I have like CeeDee Lamb and Miles Sanders and Cam Akers and Pat Mahomes. So I have like my. I've uh, I actually I just traded to a. I have 
like my core base of guys and I have my guys that I want to sell off. And Evans is in my sell. He's been, I've tried to get rid of Evans since I acquired him, but then yeah, nobody wants fucking Mike Evans and he keeps putting up these duds. So I threw uh DJ Moore. I threw a, a Mike Evans and I can't even remember. It's probably one of those guys that I said for DJ Moore. And the guy came back. He wanted Mike Evans and a first for DJ Moore. And my, I, my response was Evans is, Evans is close to more like not, it's not, it's not Evans plus a first. Right? What do you think this first is going to land? I don't care where it lands. Do you think DJ Moore's worth Mike Evans in a first? You know, I, I don't think it's unfair to panic on Mike Evans personally. Right. I mean, he hasn't uh-huh. been good. And this was before Antonio Brown was added to the situation. And then we're talking about DJ Moore. Obviously, his value is probably at the lowest it's been in a while, lowest it probably will be. We're talking about Mike Evans at 27 and DJ Moore at 23. So it's an age gap. The hope is that, oh, he will retain that value once AB's gone, once Brady moves on, whatever. That's, That's at least this year and next year. So that means by the time Mike Evans is free from this situation, he's going to be 29 or 30. So if it's a late first, I mean, to me, again, I don't follow follow college football like crazy i i see the this next class as a clear top five to me the two running backs etn and harris obviously lawrence and fields and then i have kyle pitts as the fifth after that it's like just a bunch of wideouts that you could have and i've seen people have them in all sorts of different orders it's so I, deep i don't know if the 106 is that different from the 204 so if you still have that second and you want to use that late first to, to get out on Mike Evans and go get DJ Moore, who, who's not going to give you these headaches at night, who you feel like has that age, has a, a future. We don't know what or if Mike Evans' future is right now. And and it is a little recency bias, but nobody lasts forever. And, and by the time, if we assume Brady's playing next year, it's tw- he's at least 29 by the time that he's out of this this situation in these circumstances. Uh, I think there's a volume problem here with competing with Godwin and with Brady who likes to spread the ball around it. It's not a funnel offense like it was last year with Jameis. I I was out on Evans prior to this year. I'm on DLF, uh, Dynasty League Football website, where they have their, uh, their ADP. Mike Evans is the wide receiver nine. 24th overall dj moore's wide receiver six 19th overall so they're i mean their current adp is only five that's the october adp right right yeah it's october oh yeah that's going to be way different now like he was still living on that name cache yeah but give it give it another week when when ryan gets those out and you're going to see something completely different. How he's many spots do you think Evans drops? He's going to be out of the top 12 easily. Yeah. Maybe, even, 15, maybe even down 15, 16. I'm in ages, though, too. So I'd rather be out too early, like a year too early, than a year too late. You're in similar company around here. Yeah. Larry hates beards. I don't <laughs> want guys that have gone through puberty yet. Like, we, we, we get it. You know, we want them young boys, too. So you think Evans for a second is fair? No. No, but I don't think I'm adding a first to Evans to get to DJ Moore, but I don't think that it's that far off. If but it was, how many, got, how many rosters do you have Mike Evans on? Do you know the struggle in the pain? Oh, I sold him. I, I had him on two. I sold him in the off season See, because like, I wasn't a believer in the in the offense. I, I didn't think that there would be the kind of volume. And I, honestly, the volume has not been an issue. It's just been the fact that it's not a it's not a funnel offense anymore. 
It's spreading the ball around. It's like 19 different players out there catching balls instead of two guys. Last year, it was literally Godwin and Evans for all the money out there. I mean, it was nuts. I, I just feel like it's kind of easier like for me because I was in the same boat. And when he first pitched that Evans in the first for DJ Moore, I wanted to say, no, hold Evans. But I don't have any Mike Evans there. So it's easy for me to say, I oh, hold for it and you get a better value. If you are the one feeling the pain, who's feeling getting the headaches weekly from Mike Evans, and you want out, I mean, Larry knows it better than me. If you want out, I mean, I would not be afraid to give a late first to, to get turn Evans into DJ Moore. Evans and a first, DJ Moore, you're okay with. I, I like it. That's a, I like that. That's a hot take, man, I think. Well, actually, it's not. Spicy. Since the guy that, that – that's what the guy told me, that Matty Big Chest, who I was trying to fucking get <laughs> Right. He came back at me from. But So I'm on the, the DLF uh, trade analyzer. When you put in a couple guys – I don't trust those damn things. I don't care what well, it says. <laughs> it's it's, you know, it's it's fine. No, I I know where you're coming from, and I, I mean I don't I don't swear by these, but I definitely use it as a point of reference. They're 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 good in the, in that sense. It gives you a, like a ballpark, if anything, because the I mean you cannot you have to take these with a grain of salt because everything is is, is in context. It depends on league league size, need your needs, and and this and that. But when you do this trade analyzer, I guess what you would call it, the value is off. They have suggested additions. Mike Evans is valued at 357 points or valued at 357. DJ Moore is valued at 454. So it's about a 100 point difference. The suggested additions. Yeah. And this is for a PP. This is for a, a 12 team Superflex. It's an early second on that calculator, isn't it? Yes. This is an early second. Um, so Evans and a, and a second for DJ Moore. Some of the other ones are. So who, would you, who, who do you like? Evans and Ruggs? Or DJ Moore? No, I'll take DJ Moore all day. I don't, I don't like rugs, so whatever. Okay, you're not a rugs guy. I'm not. If you said Evans and Rager, like that's, that's <laughs> gives you more to think about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of crap here. Evans and, and Harry Bell, Ertz, Goddard, Moss, Henderson, Dalton. It's kind of shocking that Harry is in that conversation for as far as early second. He's done nothing. I was Harry 101 two years ago, and man. What a miss by me for that one, because he has done absolutely jack shit. That's a big miss. I mean, and you think yeah. that he's going to go the you way of the Patriots? Davis? Was that post-draft you were ready to put him at the 101? Yeah. Uh, you're obviously – I can see you're living in Mississippi and not in New England like me because <laughs> Patriots do not have a good track record of drafting wide receivers. Not at all. Well, they that's because they haven't drafted wide receivers. So, they. I mean, literally, like – When's the last time they spent any decent draft capital on a wide receiver? But that kind of thing goes goes hand in hand with a lot of teams that haven't spent on, you know, wide receiver or running back or whatever, and then they end up, you know, hitting once. That's all I counted on. I, I just think I thought Nikhil Harry was the talent that could overcome. And yeah, I liked Nikhil Harry too coming out. I thought he was a good player. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was consensus one hundred and one right from the start too. Until the draft, and then uh, Josh Jacobs took that role. Right, right, right. Once Jacobs declared, yeah. Right. See, this is, like, shocking to me because, uh, like I said, it's my first year playing Dynasty, so I don't know how, like, these rookie drafts went. Oh, I can really tell you how that one went. It was, it was Jacobs, then Harry, and then a, and then Sanders and Montgomery flip-flop. Yeah. So I traded up. Montgomery went 103. I traded up and grabbed uh, Sanders at 104. So I had Harry at 102 and – 
uh, Sanders at 104. So I actually, the team that I have there, I ended up, I, that was another one of those. I adopted an orphan, rebuilt it, and have a stud team now. And it was, now I just need Rojo to score four more points, damn it. Come on. I guess uh, it just surprises me a wide out because, like, this year was my first year and it was like a clear five running backs off the run. There's a lot of, see, the, what was it, the 2015 or 2016 class? I can't remember. With Odell and uh, Evans, Sammy Watkins. I mean, it's been a slow transition, David, from from the wide receiver heavy to the running back. And I think we're about to see with the with what's happened the last two years. That's going to start moving back the other way, where guys are going to be like, hmm, "I think I could take some of these wide receivers earlier." It was definitely a big like five tier or five player running back tier. You know, whether you broke that up into two tiers or not, and then all the wide receivers this year. But with what C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson have done, what T. Higgins has done out there, it's impossible to, to ignore and push those kind of players back. So, like, next year, next year is not a strong running back class. It is so deep at wide receiver. You know, Chase, Bateman, uh, it really goes on seven or eight deep. It's probably deeper than 2020 at the wide receiver position. I think we're going to see a lot of wide receivers go early to mid first round. Outside of those couple top couple running backs, I mean, it's going to be a lot of wide receivers and, of course, three running or three quarterbacks in super flex leagues. Nice. And you say, of course, who's the third quarterback? Trey Lance. Trey Lance, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe that changes because his only game this year wasn't great. But I think once he gets out there at the combine, runs a little bit, and throws the ball, and he's, he's a good thrower of the ball, and he's a really athletic player. I think he's going to go. He's going to his value is going to rebound as far as NFL scouting goes. Because I heard, uh, and this is just kind of following from a distance, like there was talk of him being like the, the 101 of like this draft pass at, at a certain point for a couple of weeks there. Well, he had a really rough outing through like one touchdown, one interception, and just wasn't impressive. And it was basically, I mean, it was basically a Trey Lance showcase game, and it didn't work out that way for him. Mm. Uh, I mean, clearly it's Lawrence and Fields at the top. I think Zach Wilson is going to gain some steam out of BYU as he continues to play well. Um, I'm not sure. Is Mac Jones draft eligible this year? If he is, I think he, so. Ray, Ray GQ has been talking about him a lot. Yeah, and I can't. I always, I never can remember if he is, but he's another guy that I mean, he might. He right now, I think Vegas plugged him in as the Heisman favorite right now, because of course, you know, Lawrence went out there and. Uh, got himself the COVID. Do you guys, you see the coaches on the sideline? I think they all figured it out now that the the fines that they that they received for not mm-hmm. wearing their mask or whatever. Are you guys face shield or mask when it comes to the coach, head coach on the sideline? The mask is just a nicer look for us as me as a fan. I don't I don't care about anyone but myself. I don't want to see that foggy, steaming <laughs> face shield on Andy Reid. Put the damn Kansas City uh, <laughs> logo on your face there. It looks a lot nicer. Hey, look, K- Andy figured out that whole uh, steamy situation he had where he's steaming up the windows. He figured that out, man. Uh, I like the face shield because then you don't have to fucking touch it all the time. Just stand there, call the plays, and you're good to go. These guys that are, like, grabbing and pulling it down, up and down, up and down, up and down, I mean – Holy cow, how much how often are we gonna watch these guys change or mess with their masks? At least the face shield, it's just there and they can still call the plays and still speak to everybody. 
I like, yeah, man. I think I'm, I'm leaning towards the face shield. Bruce Arians has got like a like a tight one on tonight, man. I don't know if you saw him yet on the on the TV. LeBron. Well, I had to stop my feed because I was interrupting our oh. our uh, podcast. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, you know, I had my iPad in my lap. I kept looking down at the game, but yeah, I'm, I just had to give up on it. Fucking tight on his face, like it looks like a serious. <laughs> so it's almost like a Halloween mask. He's got like a, like a clear Jason mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's David. Let's see if he can get it on the second try. No. David Gatiri. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. At Guru Fantasy World. And that's W-R-L-D. At Guru Fantasy World. Uh, Larry, is there any other way to spell world? You're like, this is oh. the second time. You're like, W-O-R-L-D. Oh, did I say O? It's no, there's no O in there. There's no vowel. That's why I keep bringing it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. Right on, on Twitter, man. Ah. Owen. Had to rip yeah. off Deuce World. Unintentionally, by the way. <laughs> so you are the creator of at Guru FF World. And um, that's at gurufantasyworld.blogspot.com. I mean, you got a nice Twitter following. So, I mean, you have some great takes and some great info. And and like I said, this Guru Fantasy World website has, it's almost like it's growing encyclopedia of information. If- I was, it was my idea to bring you on because we had some interactions over the summer on Twitter and I, I, I would comment constantly, but I wanted to, I think I, I DM'd you one time, like I want to be clear, like I'm not trying to argue with, I like the, the takes that you make and and the way that you present things on Twitter, and you've done a really good job with that. So, if you guys are on Twitter and listening, follow David at Guru Fantasy W R L D. And really, I mean, he generates a lot of good conversation. Whether whether he believes it or not, I don't know. I, <laughs> but he does have some good takes, and he does spark some good conversation. So, um, I do believe it. I believe it all. Sometimes, <laughs> my own to my own detriment. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm not afraid to go out there with. I, I probably posted something crazy that you were like, you know, I I'm sorry, but I had to give you some sort of backlash, and I, I probably I don't know what it was, but I probably don't blame you. Yeah, I, I'm I, not I'm not afraid. You know, I've got some some crazy takes, and you know, you got you got to be willing to to follow you, you follow your gut and to just yeah. trust in 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 yourself and not get wrapped up into what everybody else wants. As, as long as you don't become that guy who deletes takes afterward. Like I oh, saw after, after they night. fail. Oh, right. Some guy last night made a take and I swear, like somebody else had commented. So I saw it, but I clicked on it. This tweet has been deleted. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Just own it and be like, hey, it aged fucking terribly. Just I'm the opposite. I feel like I have to overcompensate for my bad takes. I, I recommended dropping Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees for Andy Dalton three weeks ago. And I said, if you're not ready to do it, just try dunking your head in some ice water or slapping yourself a few times. And I felt so bad about it. I had to. I was going to say that. You, yeah. You would have felt a lot better doing those two things than you would have dropping the Brady or Breeze for Dalton. Yeah, I, I had to pay for that one. I have deleted polls. Like I'll put a Twitter <laughs> poll out there. And if I know, and if it's like instantly lopsided, if it's lopsided and I know that the, that the guy could actually see this on Twitter. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it down right away. If I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, cool. see, look, I, got, I got what I needed off of this. So yeah. But if it's going to affect your, your trade that you're doing or something yeah. like, Oh, absolutely. Like delete that real quick. I, I yeah. get that. Like you're not trying to see you offer somebody DJ chart for an early first and uh, they put a Twitter ah! up there. 
<laughs> well, it sounds that like happened. you guys might have had a little experience with this. That happened about uh, two hours ago. Larry decided he was going to offer me DJ Chart for a pretty early first. I think the guy is like one and seven or two and six. Well, How'd that Twitter poll go? I, I, there was no poll involved. No, he didn't offer. He didn't put a poll up there. He knew better. But <laughs> I, just, I think my twi- my response in the trade comment was, "That's cute." Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, man. You got to scoot, scoot. <laughs> I'm not giving up Justin Fields or you know Rashad Bateman or whoever I want to take for DJ Chark. And I love DJ Chark. That's why Larry was trying to capitalize oh, faster. Dang it! Well, okay. late man, DJ Chark, he's on the block. Hey, he's got Jake Lutton gunslinger at QB now. It's about yeah. up from here. I'm going to start catching balls now. No doubt about it. Well, thank you, David. And we are happy to, to have you on tonight. Hopefully, you can come back on and again sometime. And thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. it was a blast. Okay. Thank you for coming. To everybody else out there, thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. We got that outro blocked. <laughs> <laughs>